1: and we came to the center and you were playing full back up there. And I saw you in the weight room and watched you the, the workout in the weight room. And you could pick up you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to fix it and I wanted that back didn't take it back to
3: Welcome to the Martin Houston Show on Tide, 100.9 on your radio title. Martin Houston Show fan page on Facebook, at MartinHouston3.5 on Twitter. It's a beautiful Monday morning. It's the game, the day after the home opener at Bryant-Denny, and we're going to be talking about that as well as what happened over the weekend, specifically with the Alabama Crimson Tide. So I want to invite you to go ahead and make plans to join and be part of the conversation at 205-342-9904. The Taco Casa hotline is open, so go ahead and give us a call. Taco Casa quality, taste value under the biggest cactus in town. Been doing it the right way every day for 46 years and counting. So make sure that you go see them for lunch and or dinner. Uh, They can take care of you for through the drive through dine-in, and or carry-out. That's Taco Casa, quality, taste, and value under the biggest cactus in town. And once again, that's the Taco Casa hotline at 205-342-9904. Before we get into the discussion today, want to remind you that this is a day that the Lord has made, so let's rejoice and be glad. Take some time today to notice someone, love someone, serve someone, be the difference you want to see in the world today. We're going to be talking about uh, game day experience. I ran a little poll on Twitter uh, at the Martin Houston show, asking people that actually went to the stadium, what was their game day experience like? Uh, Had some interesting response. I knew I wouldn't get a lot of people responding. I really just wanted to see what some of the uh, thoughts and comments were from the people who actually went to the stadium, Uh, had a few replies, had some direct replies in terms of uh, people I spoke to live and in person or directly via the phone. So I'll share those with you here in just a moment. Other things that's up for the docket, we're going to be looking at good, bad, and ugly. What was your good? What was your bad? What was your ugly? And, And listen, a lot of people think you have to list all three. If you didn't have an ugly, you don't have to list an ugly. You don't. If you didn't have a good, you don't have to list a good. But good, bad, ugly, uh, we're going to be talking about that. We're looking for players of the game. You can have multiple players of the game. Uh, if you don't have a player of the game, then you know we'll find something else to talk about. I'm going to highlight uh, in just a moment. I, I had a couple bold predictions uh, that that came up just short uh, on one of them, and then. We'll do a jaunt around the SEC uh, and around the nation in, in just a moment. Good morning, Joe. How you doing, sir?
4: Oh, I'm doing great today, Martin. Having a good one so far. How about you? Doing well, man. It's,
3: like I said, it's another day that the Lord has made, so I'm going to be uh, glad. I'm going to rejoice and be glad that uh, I'm on this side uh, of the dirt and uh, going to make the most of it, so uh Overall, what was your takeaway, or what was your uh, feeling as the Alabama Crimson Tide took down uh, yet another assistant, moving Saban's record to twenty and O against former assistants, took down the Aggies fifty-two to twenty-four.
4: Oh, I thought it was a pretty good game. I enjoyed it. I was impressed with Alabama on a lot of levels. Uh, I-, I thought they took care, of, they handled bu- their business pretty well.
3: And you, you, when you look at what happened, uh, that first drive, you're like, oh, no, defense, don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Don't let Kellen Mond and Jimbo Fisher come out here and run up and down the field. They missed that first field goal, of course. And from there, uh, Alabama, I think, pretty much had control of the game. Uh, they got 24 points. And, of course, uh, for some of us, uh, that's that's not that's not good enough. It's just – we need to hold people to to zero to three points, and if we give up more than that, it's just not good. So, but overall, I thought the Alabama Crimson Tide did did really good. Uh, did you talk to anyone from that went to the stadium, kind of about what their experience was?
4: No, I don't have any rich friends, Martin.
3: Oh, wow. That hurt, hurt, right? That hurt the ticker, Joe. I don't know if I – well, I I guess I do have some rich friends, but uh, I don't know if the people I spoke to – I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. No, no,
4: no. I I don't know of anybody who went to the stadium, to be honest with you.
3: And and when I asked this question, I was like, you know, it was a limited number of people going to the game unless you were going to the Auburn-Georgia game, and I think they pretty much had a full stadium. Uh but uh <laughs> at the Alabama game it looked like it really was about twenty uh to 20 percent or so. But I put up a poll question. Is it, if you attended the Alabama versus Texas NM game, what was your in stadium experience? Best responses make the air. Um, and I gave four categories about the same, boring and dull, rather be at home, uh, and loved it. And so about the same, got 12%, boring and dull, got 19%, and rather be at home, got 23%, loved it, loved it, uh, got 46%, Joe. So I thought it was interesting. Uh, The people I spoke to that said they loved it, Joe, you know what they said? I loved it, but it was because we were playing. You, you know what I mean? So right. it, was, it was like, I think Loved It got a lot of votes just because we were in Bryant-Denny. You know, we, the, the people who were there were actually watching Alabama play football. So it was a good day, regardless of whether uh, you, you really enjoyed the in-stadium experience or not. Uh, one reply uh, said that uh, uh, one of the statements I got was it was weird, weird, weird. It was like almost like watching a game at home on television. I thought that was interesting. One uh, person said, it was good because I was there. Uh, it was a hassle getting into the stadium, but they they said the thing that they missed is they love the band and the and the crowd noise and the pageantry. They said as far as the team and watching the game, I said that was good, but all that goes around game day experience left a little bit lacking. And so they were not totally, totally thrilled with it. But, you know, the alternative would be to be Ohio State, you know, (laughs) uh, uh, Matt uh, RP said, I loved it. Was it different? Yes. But we almost didn't have football this season. So to be there was incredible. Easy traffic and parking, plenty of space, downside, of course, quieter in-game environment. But again, this is a unique year. So overall, I think you know people enjoyed the, the game and uh, had an opportunity to see Alabama take on a good Texas NM team. And Alabama to me came out in pretty dominant fashion. So want to invite you if you want to talk about your game day experience, you can call us at 205. 205- 342-9904-205-342-9904. 9904 zero, four, two, five, three, four, two, nine, nine, zero, four. We're looking for your game day experience. We're looking for your good, your bad, your ugly. We're looking for your players of the game. We're looking for uh, um, what, what you want to talk about, what were your takeaways from the game. And then of course we'll make a joint, as I said, around the SEC and around uh, the country as a whole. Before we let this slip away, I want to talk about Alabama and the big basketball commitment. Uh, Nate Oates locking down the, based on which rating service, uh, the number one, number two point guard in the country, and the young man, Davidson. Let me ask you this, Joe. Is this the biggest commitment? I don't know if he, not necessarily, uh, rated, I, I didn't compare rated as high as Colin Sexton or not, but is this the biggest commitment Alabama's had, um, not just in the Nate Oates era, but uh, potentially ever at Alabama.
4: Well, it'll depend on how he turns, how he develops, and once he gets on campus, we're going to probably have to uh, keep recruiting him all the way through the process to make sure he signs on the dotted line. But I'm excited about it. Uh, You get a five star player from in state. uh, That's that's a pretty big deal because. Uh, you look at previous highly rated. Uh, you, you look at a uh, Demarcus Cousins and uh, Eric Bledsoe; those kinds of players. Uh, they end up, you know, going to other schools, going to Kentucky, and, and it's just important to keep your talent in state. That's the first step to uh, building a program. Losing Trenton and Watford two or three years ago to LSU, uh, it's important to keep your the top talent that that you've got in your state right here at home.
3: And I say I say he's the the biggest recruit now. Will he be the best player to ever come here? That's going to be up up to it. But he's the biggest commitment that Alabama's had, in my opinion. Unless there's someone who is committed that ended up if one of those other guys that you mentioned may have committed and went somewhere else, then then there may be a better recruit. But the reason that, what makes this so big, and you touched on it, Joe, was he's a five-star so that kind of takes care of him and Colin Sexton being in kind of the same category, but he's in state. He's in state. So uh, that makes it even more important to me because of of several things. First of all, if, if, if the top players are leaving your state, uh, then that's telling the future guys. They don't believe in the programs uh, of the state of Alabama and they don't believe in your program. Number two is, you took this guy from right now. would you say that Auburn is ahead of Alabama in terms of basketball and their accomplishments?
4: No, yes, probably.
3: <laughs> and so so you took on what? you took you took a player that that chose you over the the, the the better program right now. It would be like a kid if Alabama and Auburn were fighting for supremacy in the state, going back to the Julio Jones scenario, how different would things have been potentially not necessarily long term, but in the immediate term had Julio chose Auburn instead of Alabama, how different could things have been? And to me, that's the type of commitment and decision at this point that Nate Oates has in JD Davison, five-star point guard that committed to Alabama. Huge gift for Nate Oates for, for many reasons right now, I'm going to say the biggest commitment, not biggest signee, but biggest commitment uh, potentially in Bama history and definitely the biggest commitment in the Nate Oates era, stating that I believe in the direction of this basketball program. And if you can get guys like him to start committing, then other guys will soon start to, to follow suit. We're talking Bama basketball. We're talking Bama football. We're talking good, bad, and ugly. We're talking players of the game. You can get your thoughts, your comments in by calling the Taco Casa hotline at 205-342-9904. Coming back on the other side, we'll continue that. home for Alabama sports.
1: Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Towns of Nissan Traffic Center out on the roadways on a Monday morning. Checking on traffic. Everything looking good. No active wrecks. Traffic steady around the area. Of course, if you see conditions, just give us a call. It's October. Great new deals going on now at Towns of Nissan, and they need your trade. I'm Captain Ray. Our long dry spell continues today with a sunny sky. The high
0: seventy nine. Tonight mostly fair with the low at fifty four. Tomorrow sunny with a high at eighty one. Then warmer Wednesday and Thursday, partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs between eighty four and eighty seven. I'm James Spann on the ABC thirty three forty Weather Center on Tide one hundred point
3: nine. Scott Smith and Softmark Design doing business for seventeen plus years, specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically any and everything you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business. Through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business. Give Scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at southmarkdesign.com.
0: Interact with the Martin Houston Show by calling us at 205-342-9904. Tuning into the Martin Houston Show on Facebook.
3: Those changes, uh, but you can still get in on the conversation, and we're going to check back in to see if Stuart uh, from Atlanta is still there. Stuart, you're in with the Martin Houston Show. What's on your mind, man? Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing well, and you?
5: Good. Get, get, getting you pretty well. Enjoyed the game. Was at the game. Uh, I, I listen to your show a lot in the morning earlier when we walk the dogs and Got a good perspective. I enjoy. It. I like to talk a little sports with you, but I tell you my game day experience. Go ahead. Uh, I thought everybody there did a, did a great job. Okay, but I, I we if we were in the stands watching a game, we of course had opinions. But I think this, I'm going to go with the negative. The the negative was the new section that they put in and took all those U one seats out and, and and to move all those fans to put what they put there is sad. Uh, now which, it was the skybox. Uh, and you were gonna have skyboxes like on the other side, but to make it look like a media center and put a, just a basically a bar in front of an office depot chair with an A on it, and move all those fans. And a lot of friends of mine has set up there for years for kind of kind of a bar service, trying to make it like the stadium club maybe in Atlanta, the old stadium. But I thought if they were gonna put a true skybox there for that new part of that stadium and not just a office depot chair sitting out there with, with somewhere to sit your drink and have a wait, and have a waiter to wait on you. I thought we could have put that anywhere in the stadium to be honest with you. And uh but as far as as far as the, the experience in the game, I thought that I thought the people that at the stadium were very easy to get in the stadium. You know, they 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 cleared your security. They gave you a temperature check, and and you checked your bags, and you walked in the stadium. It was quite simple, and everybody was nice, friendly, and patient. Uh, Some of the social distancing stuff I thought was great. I felt comfortable in the stadium. I wish they would have uh, let the students in, because as you walk down the strips, all the kids were in the bars having fun like they should, enjoying college. I think you probably should have given the kids the east side of the stadium for as few fans as we had there. I think you should have gave those fans the upper and lower ends of the other side of the stadium and let those kids have a college experience. I, I just, If, you, if you're going to let them be in, be in Gallettes with the table elbow to elbow, you might as well let them in the stadium and keep them away from the other fans. As far as the football team, I, I think the offense is great, and I'm extremely disappointed with the defense, Martin. Uh, I don't see an aggressive defense at all. I don't see a physical defense at all. And I see him still not knowing where to be, not where in the lineup, and I, I am not buying in today's game of football that you can't tackle. And Patrick Serstain gives us no nothing back there. Dylan Moses is giving us all he's got. And the defensive front, it's just all role players. It's not an alpha out there on that football field. At least not yet. They, they miss communication they they don't you don't know when. and we will not be in ball games when you can't trust the Stevens. What do you think uh, well,
3: I think <laughs> i I have a friend that, that that's a regular part of the program uh and and I told him uh he he's a tough grader Stuart. I'm not sure you're not tougher than he is, but that but that's okay. I explained to him that uh he's playing he wants to play to the standard that Nick Saban has set. Uh, here And once you set that standard, that's what you begin to expect. Uh, and so I'm not as down on the defense, I don't think, as, as uh, uh, some people are. Uh, but I do think there's areas that we need to improve on. You've heard Nick Saban himself even say, hey, there was a couple times where we were in the wrong set. Uh, if you go back and watch the game, did you see Dylan Moses' response when the, when the ball was caught in the end zone? He literally – he, you know, like his I, only, he tackles I the guy, did. and he turns around and looks back. Like, And I'm like, why did he do that? And then, of course, Nick Saban said that we were in the wrong set and that some people messed up. So well, that so kind to, of that's, told you right that off you that there was an issue. That, I agree. Dylan's
5: not the problem, but that's coaching. And, and we've had young players around here forever, but these kids don't know where to go. They don't know where to line up, and they've had extra time to learn to line up. And, uh, I, I, and I and it's no aggressiveness. We wait to get punched and react to see if we're in the right defense. I don't I don't I don't think Pete Golan could 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 rattle boiling uh, boiling water if it was on the thing. I just think he'd screw that up. I don't think he has enough sideline presence to to get somebody's attention. I just don't. And it's been two years of it. And I've and I've defended the guy until this week. But uh, I, you know, I don't see Patrick being I, I, physical I, I was, at all. I, was, I, was hard I, don't, on
3: him. I don't see the front uh, line getting pushed. But uh, I don't see the front line two games in, you have to wonder.
5: Yeah, but it's too late now to wonder. You, you, it, it's too late. You got we're gonna have to outscore anybody and a defense that gives up consistently twelve and fourteen plays drives, then you gotta then and score points then you put your offense out there. They've got to be they got to be spot on because if they go three and out against a good football team, they go three and out against Georgia, they go three and out down the road here and put that defense back out there for another 11 plays, we're done. Done. And especially when you don't know when they're going to line up. If they're going to line up correctly, they're going to do their assessment, they can't substitute still, it's ridiculous. But I love them.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, it was too, but I appreciate your assessment. Uh, I think I don't think we're as far off. Uh, I think we have some some work to to do to improve and get better. Uh, and you say it's too late. Uh, I would just say that Nick Saban has one, two, three former defensive coordinators. No, four different defensive coordinators on that staff. So hopefully, if he was willing to make a move when he had Tasha Poy. To have Pete Golding start making calls if things don't get better, uh, from your viewpoint and saving what, what, things what, what, the what same you way you do. do? Bring, bring,
5: what are you gonna do? Bring Charlie down from the box mid season? I don't do that. He well, did, don't we know. didn't even know when toss Foy wasn't making the call. Stuart,
3: he did so, it. So what is, he did yeah. it two years ago. He did it with Pete Golding. Pete Golding called the, uh, two years ago, Pete Golden called after, I think it was the Arkansas game, Pete Golden became the play caller for defense. I agree. Okay, but this is different with his staff he's his
5: guys. Who's he going to give it to? If you've got – because those statistic coaches are running the offseason program and they're coaching coaches. They're not on the field coaching the kids. So what are you going to do? You're going to put Golden – you're going to put Golden up as an analyst? and and, and, bring, and bring down Charlie Strong or bring down Stoops? He's never done No, no, that. Charles Kelly, you, you're forgetting. Because
3: Charles the problem Kelly was is, a defensive... The problem, is, the, problem,
5: the, the problem is not probably because Pete Golden doesn't know football. Pete Golden doesn't know how to call a game. Okay. And he's got don't, no one else in that staff in the current situation. I don't know if Freddie Roach can do it. Maybe Freddie Roach can do it one day, but at this time... And we, and we got championship standards and we're okay, going to try, sure. try. Let, let, let me, let end me end.
3: finish Stuart. Sure. Let me finish. Charles Kelly is already on the field and he was a defensive coordinator for Florida state. Son Seri is already on the field and he was a defensive coordinator at Florida and Tennessee. So what I'm saying is there's four different defense. He may not move. Uh, he's not going to move Golding off the field, and, and put Charlie Strong in there or Mike Stoops in there. Uh, but he has two guys that's already on the field, already coaches who could and take. approving proven
5: ooh, unsuccessful coordinators. Who? Charles two Kelly is, is, State? is a rah rah coach that can't call. He's never called a, any kind of championship defense, and neither has Charles Kelly. As a matter of fact, the defense is when. when, when when both of them were involved, whether it was Florida State or either, or either went to Tennessee, was nothing to write home about. Nothing to write home about. Now, Charlie Strong's a different story. Charlie Strong's won a championship in defense. He knows how to co-op and everything. But our problems appears to be communication and getting kids to line up in the right spot. And we can say youth. We've said youth for two years. But also, sooner or later, we, we, we got to re- realize, is this experiment? this defense has no aggressiveness. You can say it's no alpha out there. We have missed on recruits, but Dylan Moses giving us all we got, not saying the kids aren't playing hard, but the kids on this defense are role players. Even even Anderson. You can't say Anderson stepped in like Rolando McClain or Ragland and any of those guys.
6: He hasn't.
5: Patrick Chardin cannot walk up there and give you a physical presence to help stop the running game. We are giving up consistently consistently 12th-play drives and cannot get off the field at a hole on third down. And it doesn't matter if somebody's going to run on us or throw on us. They're, they are gashing us. Then all of a sudden we get a stop. But that's that's a recipe for, for, for failure. That's uh, an all-conference right. no. all league.
3: I appreciate that assessment. Uh like I said, you you you're you're a tough grader. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate you. You got it.
5: Appreciate you too, Mark. Hey, the <laughs> offense
3: right, is awesome. That's Stuart's a first time caller. Um Robert, uh Immobile, John Lake. Uh please hold on through the break. Um, Stuart's passionate. I, I love it. I love uh, his passion, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with all of his assessment uh, and, and some of the statements that were made, but I do agree with some of them. If you have a different opinion, a different comment, a different thought, then you are welcome to bring it here, right here on the Martin Houston Show. Coming back on the other side, uh, we're able to do this every day thanks to the great folks. Thanks to the great folks. Uh <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Curtis Lewis said, I like Stewart with about five exclamation points. Uh, Curtis Lewis, Stewart uh, on the get rid of Pete Golden. Golden's got to go train. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to be gone anywhere, but Alabama has to get better on defense. Uh, But I disagree with some of the statements he made. We'll talk about that more. You're welcome to bring your thoughts to the conversation right here on the Martin Houston Show.
1: Tied 100.9 traffic from the towns nissan traffic center out on the roadways on a monday morning checking on traffic everything looking good no active wrecks traffic steady around the area of course if you see conditions just give us a call it's october great new deals going on now at towns and nissan and they need your trade i'm captain
3: ray hello this is martin houston with the martin houston show and i want to tell you about one of our great sponsors overflow express wash Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99 going up to $39.99. In other words, just double
0: on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
3: Back in with the Martin Houston Show. Let's get to those calls. We're taking good, bad, and ugly players of the game. Your thoughts and comments and takeaways. Hey, this is a player, I mean, a, a caller, viewer, listen. Uh, listener-driven show, and Stewart says Golden's not getting the job done, and Alabama can't win at all with this defense. Will Anderson, not like Rolando McClain. Yeah. No alpha dogs on the defense. Role players all over the place. What's your thoughts? What's your comments? Let's bring in Robert from Mobile. Robert, you're in with the Martin Houston Show. What's your thoughts?
6: Hey man, well, uh, <laughs> I was not going to be as harsh as the last caller, of course, but um, he's right. About, he's, one thing he's right about is the aggressiveness. Um, You know, we just don't the get it. The, I guess you call it the get at itness and the aggressiveness. You just don't. I sensed it a little bit in the first game against Missouri in the first half, and then it, it waned in the second half. And this against Texas A&M, it was. Like you said, it's just like they want to. They want. They're waiting for the, t- the for the offense to come to them, rather than them attacking the the, the other team's offense. To, you know that's um, uh, and we're we're at this point because of one of, of many things. But we watched the last two years of Alabama having the best offense or an elite offense, with a defense that when it comes to when they when they play teams, good teams, they get decimated by them. And last year, it was the unforgivable of allowing Bo Nix. And Auburn's offense with Bo Nix looked that good. Nick Saban, Alabama, and Nick Saban is facing bad Auburn offenses in the past, and their defense, def- our defense, utterly decimated them. They we right. no points or less than ten. But that's the first time the offense, Auburn running an off- an offense is that bad against Nick Saban's defense, and we made it look good. <laughs> that, was, that was unforgivable, <laughs> and that's what so we are. You, what so, so do you think? So high.
3: So do you think part of it is uh, that that we're still looking for that aggressive style of uh, defense, which was produced in part because of what we practiced against, uh, what we went against, what we saw day in and day out? Are we are we now a Big 12 team that's loaded with four and five stars is just better than most people?
6: Well, if, if the Big 12 for a lot of brand worked, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But they can't run the same problem Alabama running into. You're okay, yeah, you can score a bunch of points, but unfortunately you allow the other team to score a bunch of points. That's you know, what I'm easily, asking okay. is, that where, is that where Alabama is? Uh, the elite teams, you know, we're not as bad as the Big 12, of course, because it takes an elite team to score, you know, 40, 30, 40, 30-plus points on Alabama's defense. But those elite teams, well, I take that back. We let Auburn do it last year. <laughs> so last year we were that bad. They were as bad as the Big 12 defense. Uh, <laughs> this year I don't think we'll be that bad. But it's, you know, we, 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 usually we would hold the elite teams, all teams below their average, including the elites. We're not now, right now, they're not, at least in the, last, the past couple of years, they weren't capable of holding the elite team below their average scoring. And that's what's getting a lot of us frustrated. I mean, come on, it's like, man, you know, the leash is very short, especially with Pete Golden, with us, uh, with the Alabama fans this year. Okay, we let you, again, you committed the unpardonable the un- sin, almost, <laughs> of, of allowing a mediocre at best Auburn offense to look. Great against our defense, and that's never happened before. Alabama just had to have, would have to bring a great offense up against the defense to look good. A mediocre offense, they would decimate utterly, and they, we didn't do that. And, and you know, we, we didn't do that last year, and especially and the year and the, the year before. The two a year, two a year should have been outstanding with the average Alabama defense, but we we couldn't capitalize on them because the defense couldn't stop. Well, guess they a cold. nobody can stop a cold. <laughs> Because the defense was was not elite, and right now we again we're this year oh. we know we have an elite offense. Our offense is elite uh, once again. We're we're used to having elite defenses and all and offenses that were good enough. Right now we have we're the last two years we've had elite offenses and just like and mid, just maybe be three the offense is elite. there would be three years in a row we had elite offenses where we hope the defense is good enough. I miss elite defenses. We all do. Hello, hey,
4: Lucy. Robert, do you think that uh, oh, do you sorry. think that you know we can get there? That that, that this is the the, uh, the personnel and the team that can get there defensively.
6: Um, well, I'm, Pete Golding has, must me skeptical, but I think again his leash is very short. I think Nick Seymour pulled the trigger before then. We can get there, yes, because again the first half against Missouri, I saw something that looked get at it in this and, and elite, and it kind of fell off and. We'll see what happens next weekend against Ole Miss. Okay, but I don't want to talk about only the back. There were so many good things out there.
4: Yeah, the, what? What you with, got was um, good?
6: Oh, of course, Mac Jones. Mac Jones is showing himself to be uh, to be and to be an elite quarterback in the college football today. He is the, the long ball. He's got down to a science right now with his with the receivers. And he could, you know, it's it's early, but I would say by game five we will know if we've got a, someone that can be a Heisman contender. But The ceiling for Mac Jones is that high right now. Of course, Jalen is Jalen Wallis, and, and uh, Devontae, and the, now the new guy, number eight, he's showing himself to be a, get another elite uh, receiver. It's amazing. Alabama's got the three best wide. It looks like the best receiving core in college football. But we don't. We have, I, I miss us having the best linebacking core in college football. <laughs> But well, we got the best receiving core, and Mac Jones is. To, it looks like he's knowing how to use them. So that's those are definitely the good things. And the uh, and, and the kicking's better. The kicking's much better. Uh, the offense improvement. Of course, we need to improve on the running game. The running game has to get better because we're going to need it to hold on to the ball against so when we start to, when we do start playing these elite teams with excellent offenses. We're gonna need to hold on to that ball. So we got to get. They they have to work on the running game.
3: Yeah, and I, I the running game would be my bad. Um the running game would be my bad. So hey Robert, thanks for those comments. We're gonna go ahead. Hey, you guys are rough, man. Y'all are rough on this Monday morning, but uh Ooh. Alabama's gonna get through it. Let's get to John and Lake Martin. John, you know what the Martin Houston show. What's on your mind, man?
2: Wow. Hot show this morning, Martin. <laughs>
6: yes.
3: <laughs> I tell you.
2: And and you know what? Uh For the past uh, three weeks now, I've been I've been talking to you and asking about the tackling. And last week, you told me about you know the 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 defensive changes have had a dramatic effect on the attitude uh, that you have to have when that ball is snapped. And so, I've kind of accepted that as going to be a game changer in um, the aggressiveness that we see, but. I'm still concerned about the tackling. Um, I, I don't guess I'm as concerned as uh, as Stewart, but he had some – every point that he had to me was relevant. Uh, I just don't know if it was as
3: dramatic as he was putting it, but he he's right. Um, Let, I, me I ask you this, Let me yes, ask you sir? this, John. Let me ask you this. You don't think Will Anderson has played as an aggressive elite player two games in? Whoa. It's hard for
2: me to answer that, but I would say he he has. I, I believe that, like Stuart was saying, there's a lot of communication errors and problems that make people, you know, they may be doing the right thing, but they look pretty silly simply because they were in the wrong place. So um, I, I, I think he is. But uh, I don't know. He Is there a leader
3: out there? Well, here, here's my thing is we sometimes look look back at how well guys like McClain played as freshmen. Uh, if you look at an inside linebacker who comes in and plays uh, versus – you have to understand an outside linebacker like Will Anderson, at least half of the plays probably go away from him. So you have to watch him to see what he does as far as his job. A, a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, that was
4: probably was that Will Anderson is
3: not playing at an yeah. elite level. There's there's a couple times a game where Will Anderson shows you exactly why everybody was hyped on him. And that's what you're expecting out of him. Yeah, does he have some, some improvement to do? Absolutely. Uh, but if he keeps trending, I think he'll be fine. As far as the defense being aggressive, there being a leader out there, Uh, I think Dylan Moses is a good leader. I think uh, uh, this team will get better. I think Barmore, Curtis Lewis and I talked about this, I think they got to figure out if they're going to put him at nose, if they're going to put him at at tackle, they're going to put him at the end, where they're going to play him. And I think as he gets better, I think this defensive front will get better. And, of course, you know, uh, John, defensive fronts make better DBs. (laughs) Yes, they do. uh, So we'll see what happens with that.
2: One more question I wanted, uh, from a player's perspective, compare the another aspect that, that, that look how different the offenses are. Oh, my gosh. I was watching the LSU-Mississippi State game last week and thinking, you know, now we've got to contend with Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin. And talk about the difference when you and Jay were in the backfield and when uh, Damian and Tua were in the backfield. What's that? Talk about the differences that are hard for the defenses to keep up with now.
3: Well, well, you know, uh, unfortunately for Northridge High School, last week we got beat um, by, by a, a really good Hillcrest team, and kudos to the Patriots. But their, their first touchdown—give um, you an example. Their first touchdown, they ran an RPO. Now, when I was playing, if an offensive lineman took a step forward. It was a it was a run. If he came yeah. off the ball, it was a run. They had a guy in the end zone that was deeper than the um than the receiver who caught it. Now it should have been a penalty, but these officials have to watch that, have to if they see an RPO, they have to adjust so the offense now can 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 make it look like a, a run by going it's supposed to be two yards maybe, but these guys the officials have to be looking and watching and calling. So where I used to react more aggressively in in terms of the running game, now I have to be careful because if I'm overly aggressive, they're going to drop it off to the tight end right behind me. But it looked like it was going to be a run play for two to three steps at least. And then of course, they're able to, to do a few other things, how fast they're able to get the ball set. You know, the officials to me, Get the ball set faster for hurry up offenses. We didn't have a hurry up offenses we were in the huddle while we were in the huddle the defense could in the, the coaches in the box could see what personnel we brought in they could make adjustments. now if they don't change and you have multiple sets with the same personnel, something that we didn't do when we wanted a different personnel or a different set, we would substitute in and out. You know, like Edward G. Lair would be at running back one play, and then he was at slot the next play. Then he was the fifth wide receiver in the next one. So all of that <laughs> happening, and these defenses have to adjust. But it's everybody's having to do it, so it's, I'm not making an excuse for Alabama. I'm just – you asked the question, what's yeah. the biggest difference? And then the other well, part <laughs> is these guys run, you know, 80, 75, 80 plays a game. We had, we had a good game when we got 60 to 65 plays uh, offensively. So – All right, hey, let's go. I got to get out of here. We got to get to Cindy. Thanks, John. Call back anytime. Thank you, brother. All right, come back on the other side. We'll get Cindy in. Thanks for holding Cindy. We'll get you on the other side. You listen to the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama Sports Talk 100.9.
1: Tide one hundred point nine traffic. The towns of Nissan Traffic Center. I'm out on the roadways this morning checking on traffic. Everything looking pretty good. Traffic is steady around town. McFarland, of course, eastbound headed into Tuscaloosa from Northport. If you see other conditions, give us a call. It's October and that means great deals and great savings at Towns and Nissan. Grab yours today. I'm Captain
4: Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread.
1: Good morning, Invest 92L is located in the Central Caribbean Seas as as a tropical wave this morning. It is southeast of Jamaica by a couple of hundred miles, but the National Hurricane Center predicting a formation chance through 48 hours of 70%. There are signs and environmental conditions to depict further organization of the system. Just where it's going, not known as of yet, but several models show it making landfall in the central Gulf of Mexico.
3: Keep up with all the local news on TuscaloosaThread.com. I'm Don Hartley. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show. And I want to tell you about Tuscaloosa Custom Carving. If you're looking for a way to add value to your home, make your flower beds pop, make your landscaping stand out from your neighbors, then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help you do just that. They have numerous styles, but they feature the Moroccan Stone Curb Series, which includes four great styles and unlimited color choices. That's Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing. They are the one that can help you stand out from your neighbors. Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, 205-331-6823. You may also find yourself with the need for a custom-sized stone or
0: Sound of Bama Sports, your show, your team. The Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
3: Overflow Express Watch, overflowexpresswatch.com. One location off of Skylon Boulevard, second location being... uh, Built in Northport off of Highway 82, Overflow Express Wash, $7 basic wash, $12 uh, package wash, $23.99. Uh, you can start off with the unlimited wash. That's overflowexpresswash.com. Andy Phillips and his team are waiting on you, and that will help you get your car showroom clean. Let's check in with Cindy. Cindy, you went to Martin Houston Show. What's on your mind?
7: Good morning and roll tide.
3: Good morning, uh, Roll Top.
7: I went to the game. Uh, and no, I'm okay. not rich, but I was the recipient of a, a very kind friend that took me with her. And uh, I thought everything went great. Uh, I felt okay. safe. I felt like they kept us all, you know, at, at a distance at our seats. Um, we wore our mask and go uh, getting in and out. I, I just really thought the university did a great job of uh you know, I, I never felt like I was cramped up against somebody. For, you know, really, I, I wasn't at all. And um, um, the concessions, uh, if you go to a game, be prepared. They don't do fountain drinks. Uh, very limited in food right. and uh, things like that. But uh, overall, they they're doing a good job of trying to make the experience exciting. Uh, I do miss the student section being normal. I miss the band yeah. being on the field, but uh, overall, I thought it was great.
3: Yeah, uh, of course, uh, Cindy. Uh, everybody has commented about Georgia uh, and Auburn game. They—I don't know if you've seen pictures or not—but they definitely were a little bit uh, over. The uh, <laughs> the twenty percent. I'm positive. Uh, if they weren't over twenty percent, they had everybody in one section. But either way, real quick, Cindy, what was your like? Like, have you been to games
7: before? Oh, many, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm yes, I'm, I'm very old, Martin.
3: <laughs> yeah. So so let me let me ask you this: in terms of watching the game and like the big plays, like when Mechie caught his pass or uh, or uh, Waddle on his pass. What was the crowd like there? Because at home, it was a big play. It sounded, but you did not hear that, you know, normal normal sound.
7: It uh, was, um, yeah, the big plays like that. Of course, we got excited, and the people around us, uh, you know, were jumping up and down, but you weren't jumping up and down together. And yeah, um, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, and it did seem like they were piping in some noise. They maybe they were, maybe they weren't. I don't I don't know. They did. But I think so. It wasn't anything. I can tell you I can tell you the loudest I've ever heard Bryant Denny was when Julio Jones caught that pass and ran what fifty something yards against L S U in oh nine. Um
3: straight down the sideline.
7: Yes, yes. Uh, that's when LSU brought a bunch of boys to do a man's job, but, um, it, you know, it was nothing, nothing, nothing like that. Uh, I guess, you know, it was, it was kind of like, uh, the fourth quarter of a game against, uh, Kent state, no disrespect to Kent state, but you right. know, when you just got a few left, uh, yeah. people are cheering, but it, it, it wasn't just that loud eruption
3: Yes. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for calling. Call back anytime, and thanks for that Inside the Stadium insight.
7: Okay, Martin. Thank you.
3: Roll tight. All right. Hey, listen, Ellis and and, and Pat, uh, you guys are going to have to hold you guys off until tomorrow. Uh, I know you guys are faithful listeners. Sorry. Uh, due to time, I'm not going to be able. I'd rather have you be able to have your conversation, so call back on tomorrow. Uh, kicking things off, you can get in with myself in the first quarter or you can get in with dc dc capstone report uh as we'll have him with us uh from the second quarter through the end of the show good bad and ugly we really didn't get into a lot of good bad and ugly uh as a whole virgil williams uh sent us some good bad and ugly in terms of what he saw from the game said play calling was one of the things he saw as bad at times um also, uh, the defense was ugly in coverage at times. And, of course, Curtis Moore tossed up a, a, a topic that we will have to uh, deal with. And that is, what about Bama's running game? I was surprised that wasn't more of conversation. Hey, we'll carry over good, bad, and ugly uh, tomorrow. We'll talk about our players of the game tomorrow. But I am going to give a shout-out to John Mackey. Uh, as he took care of his business uh, as well. And, of course, Jalen Waddle had a big-time game. I predicted two 100-yard receivers, a 300-plus-yard passer, and a 100-yard rusher came up short on a 100-yard rusher. But everything else came up good. We'll be right here tomorrow from 6 to 7 a.m. on the Martin Houston Show on Top 100.9. Remember this, trust in the Lord always. Lean not in your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Roll Tide. So bring your good times
6: and your laughter to Thank you